Hi guys, I'm back. Thank you for letting me have last week off, but we have a packed episode this week and I'm so excited to be back. It feels good, normal, weird. This is also our first episode with the platform. So I'm now on Red Circle's platform. I used to use Anchor. If you didn't know this, Anchor is free. It's great if you're starting out and you're freelancing. Highly reco. But this is my first podcast that's like monetized and it feels legitimate like a job. It's just funny that I was like freelancing a podcast for so long. Um, But I think that's a testament to the fact that how much I love it. And even if I couldn't move it over and Red Circle didn't reach out, I would still be doing it on Anchor. So I'm really, really lucky and excited for that. And thank you for all your support because now we're fucking doing this for real. So today's episode is all about traveling with a significant other. If you don't know, I just got back from Barcelona and London. I was there for 10 days with my boyfriend and I have a lot of thoughts. But first, I wanted to give you guys some updates. Um, Okay, so the trip was amazing. Um, It was a little stressful at first. So We were flying Iberia Airlines. If you don't know, it's like operated by American Airlines. But you know how like certain airlines have like an airline underneath them that they also operate and it's like random and like sometimes it'll be like level airlines operated by Iberia. So that's what happened to us. I didn't know that that could happen without them telling you, especially not for like a nine hour flight. But like level airlines is like, I don't know if anyone's have weird experience. It was fucking weird experience. Like it was giving spirit and I'm not a high maintenance flyer. I'm an anxious flyer, but I'm not high maintenance. Like I'll take a fucking spirit flight. I don't care. It was just odd. And like when we got to um, JFK to check in, the line was like an hour and a half long and I was like freaking out because I wanted to eat dinner. And like I like to have glass of wine before a flight because I get nervous and there was this whole like QR code thing and we like couldn't get the code and then we got the code and it was like stressful. It's always stressful being in the airport and was really busy. So then we drank before the flight because we were like, all right, might as well. Um, And then we took some like sleeping pills and I was getting super tired when we were like sitting on the tarmac. And then I realized like I like looked up from my phone or like snooze or whatever. And I was like, oh, we've literally been sitting here for an hour and a half, meaning we're an hour and a half delayed, meaning I'm not going to make this connection to London. So like what we did was we flew a round trip to Barcelona and we added on a Ryanair flight to London and we were supposed to get in around like one or like noon. I think it was like 1230. We're supposed to get in to Barcelona. And then our flight to London was at 245. So we had like that amount of time and we were going to grab our bags, drop them with this locker service, take a shuttle across the airport, And we would have to go through security again. But we were thinking to ourselves, okay, we have like two hours and 45 minutes before boarding. Like it'll probably take us the full ass two hours to like get our get off, go through customs, drop our bags and then get on the shuttle and then go through security again. And then we'll have like 45 minutes before boarding. Like we're gonna be fine. But with the hour and a half delay, there was no fucking way we were going to be fine. And this is fully my fault. But also on top of it, it was like Iberia and Ryanair. And so the problem was Ryanair doesn't care if we missed the flight because it wasn't like it was a Ryanair flight with a connecting Ryanair flight, in which case they would accommodate you because the delay is their fault. The delay is Iberia's fault. So they don't give a fuck. So we get off. We're running through the airport. There's no way we're going to make it. And then um, a lot of chaos ensued. So I like Ryanair wouldn't accommodate putting us on a later flight. We didn't know what to do. It was getting super, super expensive. And I think, you know what, like this is going to be a, um, a learned moment, both for me and I hope for you guys, too, about just communicating with your friends. So my best friend Veronica lives in London, and I'm really lucky that she's such an understanding person. But like I handled the situation really poorly. And like I've obviously talked it out with her. And as you guys know, I got to London. So like things are fine. But I want to make this a teachable moment because it was a teachable moment for me. So 
I I was like really stressed and upset about getting there. And then when the, the gate agent tells us they can't accommodate us, I was kind of like spent. And like I was like emotionally just like dead. And so I obviously texted her and and whatever and was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so upset, whatever. And we like get a random hotel in Barcelona because we're like, what the fuck do we do now? And I'm like, well, let's just get out of the airport and then we can figure out if I, we can get on a later flight or something. So we just get this hotel for a night. We go there. And then I start like getting super anxious because people are asking me like, where's my content? I noticed I lost followers because I hadn't been posting for the day. I started to like freak out. And so I started just like posting without thinking about like her feelings on the other end of it. Like, and I never communicated to her that I was still trying to get to London. Like I was just kind of like, I need to get to this hotel. We're going to go get food. And once I'm like fed, I'm going to fucking sit down and figure this out. Like, am I going to take a train to Paris? What am I going to do? But like the whole point was that I was going still. And like, I kind of decided the Scorpio boy wasn't coming. I was like, I'm going to make this girl's trip. Like it's too expensive for now to figure out how he gets here. Let's stay in Barcelona. So I, um, but I didn't like think to communicate that to her. You know, I instead was like posting, like going to lunch in Barcelona and like trying to look on the bright side and whatever. And I wasn't thinking about her feelings. And I think it I'm really lucky that we're so close because we're like sisters that we were able to have a really good conversation about this. And obviously she forgave me. And obviously when she heard my side of it, she understood. And I understood obviously where I was in the wrong and why. I think it's really important to have friends that you can communicate with like that. But the moral of the story is I ended up getting on a flight at 5 a.m. to London. I flew there. It was wonderful. I loved London. I loved Barcelona. I ended up coming back to Barca and then we had eight days there. It was great. Um, but all of this to say, just teachable moment. Like, and I know you guys aren't in the content space and like I think for me like I'm still on a learning curve about like how to handle my personal relationships as it relates to the internet and like it just always to communicate with your friends and like people can't read your mind like she couldn't read my mind that I was like starving upset feeling sick because I had been on a nine-hour flight jet lagged trying to figure it all out trying to realize how much money I lost with losing the hotel in London losing it was just a lot obviously but I could have just communicated that to her and we wouldn't have had an issue so we learned about communication communication is key while I was in Barcelona, I got verified on TikTok. <laughs> it was so funny because I went out to dinner with another content creator and her boyfriend. Anna's Taste is her name. Lovely girl. She's um, half American, half Spanish and lives in Barcelona. And she's just so cool. She has like a foodie account. Definitely follow her. We went out to dinner. It was so fun. Then we went out drinking. And she asked me like, why aren't you verified while we were at dinner? And that was at like 9.30 p.m., I would say. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I didn't want to jinx it because I knew I, I was in the process for the last like two weeks. So I didn't want to jinx anything and be like, oh, yeah, I'm waiting. Like I should know in a few days. I was just like, I don't know. Like, you know, whatever happens, happens. Like I'm just really grateful in general. So we go out drinking with them, whatever. We get home at midnight. And while I was taking my makeup off at midnight Barcelona time, I got verified three hours later. So it was like really ironic. I'm glad I didn't jinx it because for some reason I <laughs> thought that had I jinxed it, maybe it wouldn't have happened. But I did want to say thank you to you guys because obviously none of this would be coming true without you. Um, and then I came home and Kelly and Rachel decorated my room and they put little signs up all over from um, like my mom and dad and all my friends like telling me how proud they are of me. And that just like means so much to me because Kelly and Rachel were there the day that I quit my job. And obviously you guys know that quitting my job really wasn't to do content. It was because my boss was a creep. But like they were there when I like took these leaps and they've been there through like every step like very intimately in a way that like nobody else has. Like, you know, not even Avery or my parents have been there physically as intimately as they have because they live with me. So like every little step of this journey has been supported pretty much primarily by the two of them. And like, I would be remiss if I didn't say that they're like the best people in my life. Um, 
Okay, I really want to get into the episode, but I have a few more updates. So the book, so I had meetings with publishers on Monday, and that's pretty much all I can say right now. I'm hoping that by next episode, you guys are going to know a lot more information, and so will I. Um, All I can say is that there's a lot of good things, and it's all positive, and I'm like itching to like share everything, but it's just not the moment yet. And when the moment comes, you guys are going to be the first to know. Well, maybe my parents will be the first to know and you guys will be like the second to know. Um, Okay. And then, oh yeah, I know a lot of people are worried about me because of my like weird health thing. And it sucks because I was supposed to go to Providence this weekend. And actually I'm not told my assistant who's sitting right here who went to Brown um, that I'm not going to go yet. And I was going to tell her after this, but actually she's finding out now um, because I went to urgent care because I have this weird lump underneath my chin and it's Definitely not a lymph node because lymph nodes you can move and this is hard. Um, I had dental work done. You guys know that my tooth cracked. So it could be from that. But like I don't have any pain in my mouth. So I just didn't know. So I'm there for like a week. And when I went to urgent care, he basically said I needed a CAT scan or an MRI. And he also said like not to scare you. But like he was like, I'm pretty sure you're fine because of like it hasn't grown in six days, you know, and you've been fine for six days. But he was like, but if anything changes and like you have trouble breathing or swallowing, you have to go to the ER like immediately. And so I recommend you just stay near family until you get the CAT scan just in case. He was like, I have to say that, right? So obviously I emailed the people at Brown a few days ago and just let them know that like I was pushing to get the CAT scan before this weekend because as long as I get the CAT scan and it's red and we know that it's nothing bad – that I'm fine. But in the event that that's not true or in the event that I couldn't get the CAT scan, which is what happened, um, I have to stay here. So basically, I feel fine. I am fine. I'm on an antibiotic now. We have a family ENT that's going to read the CAT scan, but my insurance has not approved the CAT scan. So that take can take up to a week. And I was pushing and pushing and pushing for getting the CAT scan Thursday or Friday because my family ENT can read it immediately. It just doesn't look like that's going to happen. It's definitely not happening today. It's Thursday at 1. Um, the doctor called me yesterday and said it could take up to a week. And so the problem is, God forbid I was in Providence and something happened with it, I would just be really upset that my parents had to like pick up and come out there when like it would be much easier for them to just literally drive half hour into the city, especially because my brother is graduating in like five days and we're all going to Michigan. And like, I, it's just a really bad time, but the good news is we're rescheduling and I'm going to get out there because I really care about that. And it's really important to me. Okay. So that's that. Oh, and then I got bangs and I don't really have anything else to say about that other than like all, of course, a fucking course, all Everybody is saying such nice things except for the fucking TikTok haters. Like, can you brush them? I'm like, that's not the point. Supposed to look like kind of disheveled okay so shut up (laughs) obviously i'm heated about the haters today okay anyways now we're gonna get into the episode so this episode is all about traveling with a significant other how do you do it all the ins and outs i asked you guys what you wanted to hear and we're just gonna dive right in so a lot of you wanted a day by day of our trip and i would love to give that to you but also i just think it's gonna take up a lot of our time that will be spent on other things what i will say is i'm gonna give barcelona rex at the end of the episode um i just posted like a four or five day itinerary on my stories so by this time tomorrow if you're listening tomorrow you'll be able to find it if not i'm gonna link it to my rex and links highlight and that is basically everything that we did and like what i would recommend doing now before you come at me if you're european if you're from spain I know that you guys know better than I do. It's just a lot of people are asking and my brothers are going in June and they have never been to Spain. They've never been abroad alone, either of them. And so I made them the itinerary for when they're there because my parents just want them to have something to follow. And I had Avery. So like, obviously he was abroad there, whatever. 
if you are from there or you studied there or something and you think you have like the number one rec that I didn't include, definitely reach out to me. Like I am not, I want that. That is important to me. So please do that. Okay. So how to prepare for a trip together is where we're going to start. So I'm a big planner. I'm very type A. I'm a control freak. Definitely control freak because of my anxiety. And that's just like what it is. Avery's not. He's very go with the flow. So I'm coming at this from that perspective. I know a lot of you will have like, I'm the control freak. We're both control freaks. We're both really chill. I think one person needs to take on the main character of both roles. So it's okay if you're both chill, but one person needs to step up to the plate and become the main planner. Obviously, all of this should be collaboration. But what I'm saying is I knew that I wanted to make the reservations. I wanted to be in control of that. I knew that I wanted to set aside like all the things we were going to do. So I made an itinerary and then I asked him, like, what are your 10 things that you want to do? What are the restaurants that you want to hit? Like, what are the attractions that you want to make sure we see? And I put it into an itinerary format for us. And then basically the only thing that we genuinely followed was where we ate because otherwise, yeah, otherwise we just kind of mixed up the days as we went. So like we had a rough idea, but nothing was like set in stone, if that makes sense. So like obviously I peppered in his suggestions, whatever. In terms of like planning or being spontaneous, I think a mix is really good. So like there were, like, there were days that was like, okay, go to Sagrada Familia. And then we just changed it to go to Sagrada another day. There were days where like we were supposed to go to lunch at a place and we just changed it to go to lunch at that same place on another day. So I think it's kind of like rolling with the punches a little bit, like letting it happen as it happens and also like sticking to your itinerary at the same time. I think like having it as structure is super important, but it's kind of fun to just be like, oh, like let's do this today. Like we had a day that kind of felt open and so we like walked Barcelona, which is like this boardwalk area, I think. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. And then we went in the ocean and went to the beach and like sat outside and had this little cocktail and listened to live music and like that was really spontaneous because it wasn't planned but we did plan to go to that area in the duration of the trip if that makes sense so I think that that is really really good so a lot of these questions and a lot of what you guys wanted to know is about having alone time and do you think that's possible when you're on a trip abroad I think it's not only possible, but necessary to have your own alone time when you're on a trip with your significant other. Um, If it's a weekend trip, like unless you're so, so introverted, I don't know if you need alone time. Like we've gone on a ton of weekend trips and not done alone time. But um, I've also kind of found myself alone in our weekend trips. Like we've gone to Houston to visit his family and he's like had a dentist appointment. And I've wound up like reading and having breakfast alone in his house while his brothers are at school and his mom is like shuttling carpool, whatever. So I think that could happen. But I think when it's more than like four days, like, yes, you definitely need alone time. And I think it's important to be open and honest about your expectations with your partner before. And I just realized even if you're going on a girl's trip or a solo trip, I think all of this applies. Like if you're going on a girl's trip or like a friend trip or even a family trip, I think you have to be open and honest about your expectations with the people that you're going with beforehand. So like I know for a fact that Avery is a lot more introverted than me and he requires more alone time than I do. So I knew that there was going to be like time sequestered for like him to have naps. And I also know that I like a little bit of a refreshment and I know how I was going to be able to find that time. Because if you don't have those conversations, you're going to get there and you're going to freak out. You're going to start internalizing things like, oh my God, I want alone time. How do I ask for it without seeming weird, without seeming like I want to break up with them, without seeming like I'm not having a good time? If you beforehand was like, by the way, I'm definitely going to need alone time. I'm probably going to get up and take a spin class. I'm probably going to you know, go on a night walk by myself like at 4 p.m. before the sun sets. I'm probably going to take a nap by myself because I need that to recharge. I think you really have to, you know, you have to 
set the precedent in that way. So like Avery would nap and when he would nap, I would either go to the hotel bar and read my book and have a drink or I'd go on a walk. Um, He likes to sleep in a little longer than I do. So sometimes I would get up in the morning and go on a walk. And like that was my alone time and his like sleeping in time was his alone time or him like taking a nap was his alone time. And that was like super, super important for both of us. Like I would just find those pockets and it was kind of like very natural once we got there because we talked about it before. I think when you're an introvert, you have to create those boundaries and being open about what you need from your partner is really, really important. Um, We used to not do that. I think that we like kind of dove in without having conversations about this. And we've had to have conversations because we've got ourselves into trouble as a partnership not having the conversation. So that's why I think it's so important because I've, I, we have, Avery and I, been there in situations where we're like, okay, we feel a little smothered and we didn't talk about it. I think that talking about it is so important. Um, and I just now know he needs his alone time. Um, and I have, I think like going into the communication thing, you need to communicate everything before you go on a trip. So before you go, like a week before, just go out for drinks with like your boyfriend or your partner or your friends and just talk everything out. Like talk about your style in the airport. Talk about like the itinerary. Talk about the kind of things that you're going to want to do. Like go for drinks and talk it all out. Avery knows I have flight anxiety. He doesn't know what my flight anxiety is like for a flight longer than four hours, which is how long it takes to get to Texas, which is the longest flight we've taken together. Now we've taken this international flight together. I wanted him to know like what sleeping pills I was going to take and like if I had some for him, how I was going to pack my bag with all my little pouches and protein bars and everything like that, like all the little nuances of my anxiety and like what I need from him and like also hear what he needs from me because otherwise it's it's tough to travel. I, I prefer traveling alone because I don't like dealing with other people's shit when I travel. The only person in my family I like traveling with is my dad. My mom, brothers, and both brothers have gotten very, very sick. My mom, unfortunately, very, very sick. Almost had to land a plane one time. It's a whole other story. My brothers like are anxious and like whatever. They've both gotten sick traveling. My dad is a chiller. He just passes out and I like to travel with him because he makes me feel like a rock. I know that about myself. And so I know my style when I'm traveling. I know my anxieties. It's really good to communicate that with your partner. Otherwise, you're just not going to be feeling good when you're traveling. And that's never good. Um, Okay. But I think before you go, do your little drink thing. But I think you know you're going to be spending all this time together, no interruptions. Don't really see them that much like kind of recharge as a partnership a little, it makes it more exciting. I think we're going to talk about like spicing up the bedroom on trips. But like for me, we didn't see each other for like six or five days leading up to it because we wanted to be so excited like in the airport and like just like so excited to like spend that time together. Um, And I'm not saying that like it's bad if you want to see your partner every day. If you live with your partner and you're going on a trip, that's fine. But just like take your space, take your beat because it'll amp up the excitement. Like, you know, when you haven't seen a friend in a long time and it makes it more exciting than the person that you live with. Like if your whole friend group is going on a girl's trip together, don't do your girl's night that week beforehand because it just it's going to make it more fun and you'll have more to catch up on and more to talk about. Um, yes. Okay. Having personal space in a small space when you're in a hotel or whatever, an Airbnb, there's always the ability to have personal space, even if it's just like, I'm going to go for a walk right now and I need this moment or like, I'm going to go in the hotel and like, just walk around. I'm going to go to the gym, whatever. I think you always have to reiterate to your partner. This isn't about you. It's for you. I'm not taking this personal space because of something you did. It's for you to preserve us so I don't blow up. 
so I don't become somebody that I'm not, so that I don't feel smothered, so that I don't feel suffocated, so that I don't have a meltdown. I think that's important to reiterate to them because a lot of times people will internalize it like, what did I do? Oh my God, they want to take a nap. They want to be away from me. Oh my God, what did I do? You didn't do anything. It's not about you. It's for you. That is so important to remember. Even with your friends. I think a lot of times I'll freak out when I'm like on a trip with my friends and my friend wants to like stay in and watch a movie when everybody else wants to go out or she like needs alone time or she's going to go on a walk and grab a coffee and she doesn't really like open up the invite for me to come. It's not about me. It's for me. It's so that we can have a better time at drinks and dinner and all the activities that we have planned because a lot of people need to recharge. I know I do. Um, Amazing. Okay. Does travel really test a relationship and what to do if it does? I think if a relationship is right, no. So my thing is like if, if your relationship crumbles because travel tests it, it wasn't right to begin with. I don't know. You know, this is tough for me because I'm thinking about it and I'm like, I think if travel was going to test a relationship, something else would have much prior. So I wouldn't use like, oh my God, we had a terrible time on the trip as like the reason to break up. I would keep it in your back pocket unless it's like fucking awful. You know what I mean? I would keep it in your back pocket, sit with it, know what like know what happened, understand it, think about it, talk it out with your therapist, talk it out with your friends. Don't make it be the reason because I think if a relationship was going to not work out or blow up, something way prior to travel would have done that. Like spending a holiday apart and like noticing the distance is weird or like some weird random fight that you had on a night out or like something else, some intimacy issue or like emotional issue, like something else would have probably tested it. But if it does, it's sort of a blessing, right? Like you went on a trip. I always say this, like we're going to talk about it. The end result of a relationship is not forever. Like a lot of times it's making really good memories and some bad ones. And so you learn something. A lot of times you just walk away with hindsight for your future relationships. A lot of times you just have those memories and like you don't need like don't the only pictures that you take on a trip should not be just you and your partner. Like Obviously, we took a few, but I took so many alone. I took so many of the sites we saw. Like, even if Avery and I were to break up, I get to say that I had this wonderful romantic time with a really amazing person. And at that time in my life, he really served me and the trip was really special. And looking back on it in 20 years, if I'm with somebody else and I go back to Barcelona, I'll be able to point out spots that I went the first time I was there. And I'll think about it in fondness because the human brain tends to forget the bad in favor of the good for better or for worse. Um, And so I just think like, you're going to remember these memories and they're going to be happy and like you don't have to look at every couple picture you took on the trip. It's not necessary, you know? Okay. Um, But if you go on a trip and then you break up after, which what we just talked about, you can't let that ruin your memories that you have of that time being there, you know? Like if you go and travel and you go to an amazing place, you have this amazing trip with this amazing person at that time, that trip was perfect for you. That person was perfect for you at that time in your life. It's the coat metaphor, right? I'll quickly go over it. I always say, you know, you when you're when you're dating, you're looking at winter coats, right? You're shopping for winter coats when you're dating. And you're going to pick one out that fits right, that feels great, maybe it's in style, it's affordable for you at the time, it works with the other things in your wardrobe and you're going to love it. You might only love and wear that coat for one season before it either goes out of style, maybe the button breaks, maybe you lose it, maybe someone steals it. Like, I don't know what happens to it. Maybe you just don't like it anymore. But the thing is, there are always going to be other coats for you to go and shop for when winter comes around again, when you feel ready to have a new coat. Or you might get a coat and you have that for your whole life. Like mazel tov to you. That's amazing. You know what I mean? So I think like with that in mind, the coat that you had at that time though, it was perfect for you at that time. It fit right. You didn't grow out of it yet. You liked it. It made you feel good. Okay. So 
just because you don't have it anymore, just because you don't wear it anymore, just because you don't like it anymore, just because it doesn't fit you anymore, doesn't mean it never did. Do you know what I mean? And so I think if the relationship ends, but you guys went on trips together, you just can't let that like really truly like kill all your memories of how happy the trip was or like just how amazing it was to see a new place. Like, I don't know if I'll ever go back to Barcelona in my life. I hope I do. But if I don't, like I'm always going to remember the time that I went there. Um, And I think like I'm trying to think about my exes and trips I took with them. Hmm. I don't really think we took any trips. Like I visited my ex, one ex is from Rochester and New York, and I've been up there a few times with him. Um, but we never took like trip trips together, I guess. Um, and yeah, but like I have some fond memories of being around his family. And like just because we didn't work out doesn't mean like that would be gone and dead. Like I have some fond memories of being in Rochester and like things we did and meals we ate and like whatever. Like I don't feel anything about that anymore, but it's still fond. You know what I mean? Um, okay. How to make sure that trip stress doesn't turn into fights. Okay, listen. Trips are fucking stressful. Sometimes the stress is going to turn into a spat or an argument. I think the worst thing that you can do is be like, we can't fight. We're on a trip. No, you are allowed to feel things. You are allowed to have arguments. You're allowed to get annoyed. In fact, you're going to. It would be really weird if you didn't. I think it's more about how you manage it, and we're going to talk about that. If you're trip stress, meaning I'm looking at travel stress, in the airport, whatever, What really what happened was I kind of had a breakdown in the airport on the way there. And I got my glass of wine and I got my food in me. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry for freaking out. And he was like, I'm sorry too. And then we just cleared the way and we were like, we're really excited. Like, you know what? It's fucking stressful to travel, but we're doing it great together. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's sort of what it was. Like, we just decided like, okay, great. We figured it out. You know what I mean? Like, just have a glass of wine, relax, take a deep breath. You have to brace for things like that when you're traveling, when you're flying to another country. Like, keep it into perspective. Like, it's going to be stressful. It's That's how it's going to be. And that's totally fine. Okay? Um, great. Moving on. How – what do you do if you run out of things to talk about? That's a good question. And I think I think about this a lot in terms of dating. Like, I think sometimes in – in relationships, you're on a date with someone that you've been dating for a while and you're like, what the fuck do we talk about? Like, we've already – like, we know everything about each other. You know what I mean? But, like, first of all, look at your parents or, like, look at, like, a relationship in your life that's long-lasting. Like, those people, like, they, you know, they talk. They have things to talk about. They've been together for however many years, 30. You know what I mean? New things come up. But if you're freaking out about, like, what if we run out of things – Number one, the 36 things uh, for falling in love. It's, like, 36 questions to fall in love. New York Times. You can find it online. The New York Times thing is behind a paywall, but somebody else published it on the internet. It's just 36 questions that a psychologist did out, and the psychologist says if you answer all the questions with somebody, you'll fall in love with them. It's really beautiful. Um, I've done it before a bunch. We repeat it sometimes. We've, we've done it like twice in the past year and a half since we've been dating, and it's great. It allows you to have something new to talk about. The drunken love card game is great. Let's fucking date and let's fucking fuck. My Serena Kerrigan are great. We're not really strangers is great. And then our thing that we do that I just love is when we're lying in bed and we don't want to watch TV and we don't want to watch TikToks, I'll be like, tell me a story. And he'll be like, okay, about what? And I'm like, okay, tell me a story about a time you are embarrassed. And he's like, okay, who was there? I'm like, tell me a story about a time you're embarrassed with Joey. Joey's his best friend. It's like really fun. And then he'll throw it back and he'll be like, okay, tell me about a time you and Allie got really scared. It's like, and you have to pick people and like things that are more vague. But like, I've heard the best stories. Also, we're, we're theatrical people. So we tell a good fucking story. But everyone knows how to tell a story. I've heard, like, such hilarious things about Avery in his past and, like, his, like, 
weird fucking Christian. Why did he go to Christian summer camp? He's Jewish. But anyways, the weird camp and like this weird trip that they took. Like I, the stories, I'll ask him to tell me them more than once. Like there's this other story about this like internship that he had that was like a total crisis and like awful. It literally makes me belly laugh. It makes my stomach hurt. And I ask him to retell it a million times. And then every time he retells it, he thinks of another thing about it. He's like, oh yeah. And then this happened. You know what I mean? That's a great one. But I think small talk and silence are both, like, okay things. I think, like, being comfortable with silence with your partner is important. Like, in serious relationships, that person becomes sort of an appendage of you. Like, you're sort of, like, linked, right? Like, and if someone's an appendage of you, like, you're okay with being silent with yourself. You know, like, I'm – I get better at being comfortable with silences. But, like, if you're on a walk and, like, you guys are talking and whatever and then you're just observing and walking, like, that's fine. It's not abnormal to be silent and enjoy some quiet time. Like, I just left my roommates at home working from home together and they were sitting on their laptops in the same room not talking. Like, they were comfortable with that silence together and, like, working together on what they were doing and it wasn't, like, a huge thing. You know what I mean? So that's okay. It's very, very, like, I think it's a comfortable thing. I think it's a normal thing. Okay. So people want to know about the pros and cons of traveling together with a significant other. For me, I think there's not many cons if you're, like, in a really good spot with your partner. I would recommend not going on a trip. It's like what they say about threesomes, right? They say for threesomes, don't have a threesome to save your relationship. Have one when your relationship is the best it can be. You're in such a good place with your partner because it's just going to build how much you guys are into each other if that's something that you're into. But if you're having a threesome to save your relationship, it's going to make it worse. If you're going on a trip to save your relationship because you're like, this is the spark we need, like whatever. Obviously, there's something to be said about being like, we've been a little stuck in New York. Like, let's go somewhere together and just like really enjoy each other's company. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if your relationship's going down the shitter and just as an SOS, you're like, let's take a trip. Don't do that for sure. Like that becomes a con. Like that's going to be awful. That's not going to work out. But I think if you're in a really happy space in your relationship, like the pros are going to be kind of everything. Like, I mean, there's not many cons like of going on a trip with someone that you really love. And again, like if you don't have a significant other and you're thinking about this with friends, um, like there's not a lot of cons to going on a fun trip with your friends if you guys are in a really good spot together and like you guys are really uh, vibing. Obviously, like challenges are going to come up and we're about to get into that. But I think there's really not that many cons. Um, You guys also want to know how soon is too soon to go on a vacation with the significant other. I'm taking a sip of my matcha and then I'm going to tell you. Cha-cha matcha, really good, beautiful latte. We love it. Um, not sponsored. So for me, I don't like abide by any timelines. So when we went on our first trip, so Avery and I met on January 21st, we started dating February 14th. It was like literally 20 days. It's fucking crazy, but whatever. Then on like February, so we started dating February 14th on like February 21st, like a month after we met, Allie called me and she was like, Devin, um, my really good friend from college, Devin and her boyfriend at the time were flying from New York to Chicago to spend St. Patrick's weekend with Allie and her boyfriend and our friend Audrey and her boyfriend at the time who lived there. And Allie was like, it would be the perfect thing if you came and brought Avery. And I was like, oh, I don't know. We only met a month ago. Like we met a month ago. I don't know. Like whatever. Like I'm just not sure. And she was like, but why? She was like, dude, If you asked him, like, do you want to come to Chicago? The flights are like $110. We can get a cheap-ass hotel. I I also was paying for the hotel. And we'll have this great weekend and you'll meet my best friend. It's going to be super fun. And he doesn't have conflicts and he says no. Why would you want to date somebody who's not like spontaneous and fun like that? She was like, you're so spontaneous and fun and happy. And like if someone had a problem with that, that's not the right person for you. And I was like, oh, fuck, you're right. This is kind of a good test because I don't want to date someone who thinks that's weird. I want to date someone who is like my dad, a super spontaneous guy who would take my mom on these random crazy trips when they first started dating, which I think I told you guys about on the last episode. Um, 
Like, I want to date someone who is like, yeah, I'll come. That sounds like a whole lot of fun, unless, of course, they have a conflict. And so I asked, and of course, he was super down, and like, we went, and it was so great and so much fun. Um, It was a crazy fun weekend, and it was like literally like less than 72 hours, but that was the first trip that we took together. I think a full-blown abroad trip, probably eight months to a year, I would say. I just think it's an extra thing because like you're in another country, so you're kind of stuck, whereas like if something like major went down in Chicago that we got in a fight or something like he knows people in Chicago. I know people in Chicago. We could easily book a flight back that isn't that expensive if like he wanted to leave early. Like it wouldn't be that expensive to like pick a new hotel. Like it's not like you're in a a foreign place. Like we would know people. We wouldn't be alone. Whereas if you're abroad and you get in a fight with a significant other, that's so bad that either you want to return to the States, which is, by the way, probably going to take you nine hours plus, or you want to get a new hotel. It's like less safe as a woman to be alone. I don't know. I just think that you should know vaguely that you're really committed and that like you're not going to have like some issue if you go on a trip abroad because I just think it's an extra stepping stone. I mean, but everyone's different. You know, there's no timeline. Like we were talking about doing this trip when we were like had been dating for like eight, nine months um, and we've now been dating for like um, a year and like three months. And so that's when we decided it. Everyone's obviously different. Okay. How to not get annoyed with the little things that your partner does or the little things that go on during a trip. It would be abnormal to assume that you're not going to get annoyed with someone when you're spending all your time with them. It would be abnormal to assume that you're not going to have conflict. It's how you manage the conflict that matters. If you get in a fight with your partner on a trip and you manage it by giving each other the silent treatment and being like, we're not going to dinner, whatever, like, okay, then that's one of your nights sort of ruined. Unless, of course, someone's emotionally and physically abusing you. You guys know that's always like my caveat. Get out if that's the case. But if you get in a little spat over something and you let it ruin your day – I think, you know, that's that's shitty because you're on this trip that you paid for. Um, I think, you know, it would be really weird if you didn't get into little spats and it's how you manage it that matters. You know, like I'm not going to go into the spat that we got into, but we did get into a little spat on one of the days. And like we ended up going on a walk and talking it all out. And he ended up being like, yeah, you're right. Like, I agree with you. Like, I take back what I said, whatever. And we resolved it. And it was great. And I was actually happy we had that conversation because I learned something new about him and he learned something new about me. And it was great. It's how you manage it that matters okay like maybe also like don't take every shower together if like you're getting if little things that your partner does are getting on your nerves like don't be up their asshole like yeah it's really nice to shower with your partner and like sleep in the same bed and like do all that stuff when you're on a trip together it's like romantic and sweet and whatever but if you find yourself get they're getting on your nerves a little just like take a beat take a break take a shower go on your a walk by yourself take some space and then come back into it and obviously if these little nuances are continuing to bother you when you get back home Like, let that inform what you're going to do about your relationship. Um, In general, on this trip, I had a couple moments of, like, anxiety, something about TikTok, and just was, like, frustrated. And then, like, on our last day, I was just PMSing really bad, and I was just going to really – I get really quiet on, like, the day – like, two days or a day before my period, and, like, I was just, like – quiet and complaining and like whatever and he kept being like what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong and he always says like when you're ready to talk about it please tell me whatever I kept saying like I'm just feeling quiet today I'm just feeling quiet today whatever and then eventually I was like oh I'm definitely just PMSing like I'm sorry whatever and like slowly I snapped out of it but like he noticed that I was off he was like is there something wrong are you okay and I was like listen, like there, there's nothing wrong. I just don't feel fully myself right now. And like, that's an okay thing to say. That's an okay thing to admit to. And then when you figure out what it is that's bothering you, you guys can work on it together. And that's basically what happened. Um, I think conflict resolution in this space is really, really important. Like that wasn't really a conflict. He was just more like, what's going on with you? You're not being yourself. You're not being talkative. And I was like, 
I'm just feeling quiet. I'll let you know like when I like deduce what's going on, but it's nothing you did. And then, you know, I distracted myself with everything that we were doing and like slowly fell out of it. And then we resolved it by me apologizing at the end of the day, being like, I'm sorry, I was a little nasty earlier today. I'm sorry I was snapping at you. It was like just I'm PMSing and I don't want to make that an excuse, but I just want to let you know. Like be mature. I think maturity is key here and communication is key here. Okay. Someone says, what do you do when you feel like you're the only one planning or putting in effort for a trip? I think this is a this is a time that you really need to talk it out with your partner. Um, I for, Okay. So Girls Gotta Eat did an episode on weaponized incompetence. I recommend that you listen to it. And it's kind of like when people pretend like they can't do something so that you'll sort of like mother or baby them. And like an example is like, not like, oh, we're going on a trip. You book the flights and and you pay for the hotel. I'm going to book all the reservations and I want to make the itinerary. So let me do that and you'll do this. No, they're more so talking about like somebody pretending like they simply can't do it. They don't have the ability to do it so that it falls all on the other person. Number one is make sure that your partner isn't doing that. Make sure that they're just not planning because they think that you want to plan or because they just didn't realize like that it was bothering you or something because you didn't vocalize it. Like if it's a weaponized incompetent situation, like I think that that's a bit deeper and you should definitely listen to their episode on it. Um, but I think that's the kind of thing that you just say like, hey, like I feel like I'm doing a lot of heavy lifting and the planning for this trip. Like I'm so grateful that you paid for X or I'm so excited that we're going. But like is there any way that you could pitch in and help me? If someone said no, they're just not someone that you want to be with unless you do want to be with someone that lets you take the reins all the time. Um, for us, Avery – and we're going to get into paying next. But Avery paid for the flights in the hotel and so I – I, I like planned the trip and then in the airport I think he took out like a couple hundred dollars of euros and when he was done he like spent that over the duration and I paid for like basically everything else that wasn't paid for with his euros like for him um and I would say that we did a pretty much like a 70 30 split on like food and drinks and stuff with me like pulling the weight just because like he bought a hotel and two flights and so like that was really important for me to know that I was going to end up doing that and I wanted to do that I think that was another thing where like I wanted to kind of do the planning and like I wanted him to help me and he helped me and that was great. So I think just having a dialogue about your expectations and kind of like what you're looking for from this person is super, super important when you're going on trips like this, when you're doing things like this, because otherwise you're going to end up presenting them when you get there and they're not going to get it. They're going to be like, why? Even though it could be their fault, I would just recommend opening up a dialogue and seeing where it goes. Okay. So paying for things. When we visited Ali, since that was my friend and my trip, he paid for his flight. I paid for my flight. I paid for the hotel. Whenever we go home to Jersey, I pay for our train tickets or our ferry tickets. Whenever I go to Houston, he pays for my plane ticket. Um, when we went to Puerto Rico, we paid for our own flights. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. We're going down to Austin for the graduation. His parents paid for my flight, which is very nice of them. Um I'm trying to think. I think it's kind of like we split it up like that, but then if it's like another trip, like a separate thing, we'll always either pay for our own flights or like he was super excited because he got a promotion and that was the whole reason we are going on the trip. So he wanted to take me. He wanted to pay for the flight. So I let him um, pay for the flight in the hotel. And then I think he took out like $600 in euros. And so after that was spent, I paid for everything. So like that was obviously spent pretty quickly because we we're doing a lot of stuff. Um, and I just think like that was a respectable choice, but also a thing about us is that we make in the ballpark of the same amount of money, like in the range of the same amount of money, which is nice because it's a little bit easier than when one partner makes more money. I think that if you're going, if you're, if one partner makes a lot more money than the other partner and 
that person wants to do really nice things like go on expensive trips and not budget and go to nice dinners, they should be paying for those things because they know the other person shouldn't can't afford it. I think it's just rude. Like if you have a partner, I had a friend that had a boyfriend that they've now broken up, but like he made a lot of money. Like he was like 27 years old and he was making like 300 grand or something crazy like that. And she was a teacher. I just wasn't making as much money as he was. And he really liked to go to nice dinners. He really liked to go shopping. He really liked to go on trips. And he paid for her when when he did those things because he wanted to do them with her. And I think that that's fine. And then like if they got bagels or lunch or something, she would pay like when it was within reason. I think that's that's kind of how that should work when one partner makes a lot more money than the other partner if that partner is comfortable with it and, and paying for the other person. And if not, you shouldn't be doing things that the person can't afford. If you're going to go splitsies, you should be doing what the person who makes less money can afford. So. It was helpful that we make about the same amount of money because I think it ended up evening out because I spent a lot of money on like I basically paid for every breakfast, lunch, dinner and drinks throughout the time. And I paid for museum tickets and whatever else. Um, So, yeah, that's that's what I would say. Um, And I think also have a conversation about expectations before. Like I we didn't have a conversation about it, but like if I think I refused to pay for things, I think we would have. But I just like. I knew that that's what I was going to want to do. I mean, he spent so much money like for the trip that I wanted to pay for the food and drinks. Like I that was just obvious to me. Um and like our che- our bag checks. Like I paid for our checked bags. I paid for like our dinner in the airport, whatever. You know, like I wanted to do those things. I wasn't going to let him take out his wallet because we've already had healthy communication about spending. Okay. If you're going on a trip with someone's family, people are wondering how to have alone time. Someone specifically said they're going on a cruise with their boyfriend's family. Cruise trips are gigantic. Like, they're so big. Go to the gym. Go in the pool when nobody else is in the pool and just swim around. Bring a book so people don't bother you. Put in your headphones when you're lounging. Close your eyes. Take a nap outside. Like, cruise ships are big. Like, you're you're not obligated to be up the family's butt the whole time you're with them when you're on a trip with a family. Um, you guys want to know how soon is too soon to invite on a family vacation? I just think if it feels right, why not? Um, I think it's more so sort of up to your family. If it's like a family vacation, if they're okay with it, if they're comfortable with it, like my family is the kind of family that like everyone's invited. And so I haven't been on a family vacation with Avery and he hasn't been on one with me yet, but we have visited each other's families. And like, I just think if we were to do a family vacation and like he was going to come to Puerto Rico or like I was going to go whatever, I just think, like, as long as it's good with your family, I mean, my family is definitely a special case because, like, if I'm dating someone or Jack or Jake is dating someone, like, that person is never not invited. My family is very open door policy. We're hardly ever just the five of us. I know other people aren't like that, so I'm speaking from that. Um, I, I look at Jack and, and his girlfriend, Jess, as a good example. I mean, they have known each other forever, so I think that that's something to note. However, um, Jess took him on a family vacation to the Poconos. Um, Jack flew down to Puerto Rico with Jess when my parents were there. They're going down to Key West for her dad's work with the family. Like, they've known each other for 12 years. They've only been seriously dating for a few months, though, but it feels right. And her family's somewhere than my family, so it just works. I think that that's kind of you know, like how that is. And in terms of going on a trip with a significant other's family, I would just always take the family's cue, like follow the family's lead. Like don't uh, do your own thing. Like obviously like be yourself, but like if you're on somebody else's family trip, I think you need to follow their cue. And I think that's really important. Okay. How to deal with when you and your significant other are like opposite types of travelers. So Avery and I definitely are opposite types of travelers. He's kind of like a pass out on the flight and I'll wake up when I get there and I'm like anxious and awake and all that kind of stuff. Again, I think the crux of all of this is to communicate about it and like see if that's a deal breaker for you. It's okay if you're dating someone and you realize we're just not similar enough. We just don't have similar interests or similar ways of looking at the world. Like 
that's a great thing to discover and figure out. Like, it's okay to come to terms with that. Um, but for us, like, we've just communicated about our different styles. And, like, he – if I shook him awake while we were on the flight, he would wake up if I needed him. Like, he co- he doesn't, like, go to sleep until I tell him, like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not anxious anymore, you know? Like, he woke up on the flight home and we watched a movie and we watched Friends. And then I took a nap on his – like, on him, like, leaning on him or whatever. Like, it's – I just think it's all about communication and it's okay if you find out that you guys are just too different. Okay. Now, some funny rapid fire fire ones. Okay, Barcelona restaurant recommendations. Um, my favorite is called Cañete. It is so good. Get the burrata. It's just fucking awesome. Make a reservation. Um, the staff is wonderful. It was more expensive in terms of like the prices I was seeing in Barcelona, but it wasn't like outrageous. I loved it. That's my 100% number one rec. But as you know, the rest of my recs are up on Instagram. Okay. People want to know how to spice up sex during travel. My biggest rec for spicing it up in the bedroom when you're traveling is not to have a ton of sex before you go. I think like similar to what I was saying before, like give yourself some distance from your partner before you travel. Like don't have a lot of sex before, like don't have sex every day. Like I'm not telling you what to do, but like I think in my experience, this has been really nice because you get really excited and like pent up to see someone and then like it's fun to like have sex every day when you're on a trip or whatever. Um, Hotel hotels a lot of like sex therapists and psychologists will say that like if you need to spice up a relationship to book a hotel room because it like takes you out of your regular environment sexually and puts you somewhere new i think that hotels in general especially in another place make sex really fun and like there's shower it's just like the sheets are good it's a different bed it's usually comfortable i think that's really really fun um yes you can put a vibrator through security (laughs) i just know that because i've done it but also like who the fuck cares like I'm pretty sure that like my bag got taken one of my flights that I just took and there was a vibrator and I don't fucking care. And some vibrators have um, cases, but like they're not going to take it. They're not going to fucking say something about it. And if they did, I'd be like, OK, and like that would be so weird for a security person to be like, what's this? And like they're not going to touch your vibrator, like relax. But there are cases for vibrators. Maybe you get a case if you're scared. Um, So that's definitely that. OK, getting back into a routine at home. You know, I'm still working on that for me. It's really just like jumping right back in full force. Like I made plans with Kelly and Rachel the night that I was back to go out to dinner. I tried to just do my normal sleep schedule. I'm still waking up a little bit early, but it's fine. Um, I left my room clean, but it got dusty and I got tons of PR packages. So I opened all the packages. I vacuumed everything. I took out my trash. I wiped things down. Um, I've only unpacked one of my bags, unfortunately, because the other one is full of dirty clothes. And I'm not even bringing it upstairs. It's still at Avery's. I left it there because I couldn't drag it up my stairs. I just had too much stuff. Um, I'm getting it tomorrow. And then on Saturday, I'm literally just going to wheel the suitcase into the laundry room. It's so much laundry that I don't want currently to like take it out, put it in the laundry bag. I'm fucking taking the suitcase. So that I wish I did laundry sooner. But like sometimes it's just not how the wind blows us. Like sometimes we fucking can't do that. And that's fine. You know, like. You got to just get back into your routine, whatever way you see best fit. Unfortunately for me, Monday was really busy because of the book stuff. And so I didn't really have a chance to like unwind. But I always think taking a little day to unwind when you get home, have a shower, like eat something good, get to bed, take your vitamins, emergency, whatever it is that you take, put the liquid IV in your water, stay hydrated. Um, Yeah. And I think that like my everything's about to get crazy for me because once I figure out this health thing. Hopefully next week. I'm going to Michigan for Jack's graduation, then Austin for Avery's brother's graduation, and then I'm going to um, – what is it called? Uh, Ithaca for Jake's graduation. And then in June, 
I'm going to Disney. I, I don't think I told you guys this. I had I, – I don't work with Hopper as a paid advertisement, but th- they give me credits for flights. So they give me credits for flights. Um, I really like Hopper as an app. Again, not sponsored. They just give me credits for flights. They basically – it was like gifting me a product. So um, I booked a flight to Disney. <laughs> And then if anyone knows how to deal with this, so off topic, but I reached out to their PR and I was like, hey, I'm an influencer. I have all these followers and like I'm verified and whatever. Like, can we have park passes? Like, would you set us up with a hotel room? Like, I'm happy to like make so much content. It'd be so fun. Like, I plan to make content anyway, but obviously. And they were like, no. They're like, our influencer program is full. And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, no, it's that's not a thing. Like, what are you talking about? It's Disney World. Like, you could comp someone to do anything. Like, it's not like the what? Like you have so much fucking money. I just hate when big, I'm not going to snub Disney because they did pass my contact onto someone, but, and if anyone has a contact, I would love it. And I love Disney and I'm so excited to go. It's just funny to me when huge companies are like, we can't do that. And it's like, it's, it would literally cost you probably 10 cents to give me a band to go into the park and I would post content and it would make you money. And I'm not asking for anything in return. Anyway, a lot of big companies don't, don't shell out money for influencers, which is super interesting. Anyway, So, okay, is it a good test for being compatible to living together, traveling? I say no, because I think traveling is like a bubble of fantasy. Like you're in this like romantic, lovely, wonderful, amazing space and you're enjoying yourself with your partner and you're not working and like real world shit isn't really, you're not dealing with it. Like you press pause in your life to go have vacation. So I think it's good it's not a test run for living together. It's definitely good to see like, oh, are we compatible sharing a space? Like that's always great to know. Like it's good that like you, whatever. But I think that just like having sleepovers and like spending a week together at home would maybe be more of a test because then you're in your real routine. Like if you are like, you know what? We traveled so well together. Let's move in together. I don't know if that's a great test. I think like traveling well together is really important in terms of like looking at your relationship and its longevity. I think like we were super glad. Like I think we both realized like, wow, we definitely feel really affirmed in our relationship and like more serious than ever. Like this was so great, but we're not like, you know what was so good? The hotel, we should live together. Like that doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, because like there's a lot of fucking nuance that's not living out of a suitcase for five days, you know, or more. But so I would say no, but obviously it's good if the travel experience is great. That's great. We're happy about it. All of that. Okay. Now you guys are going to get a story to end things because you guys asked, um, how do you deal with like the bathroom on a trip with a significant other? For me, I would say if you're in a mature, I'm going to tell the story after, but I would say if you're in a mature relationship with someone, you need to just be open about like shitting. Like I don't get it really. Like personally, I don't get it because I'm not going to like walk around telling everybody about that. I think that's a little weird. It's like not my cup of tea. But if you're in a serious relationship with a person, like, it's not embarrassing. Like, yeah, I think if you've been dating for, like, less than four months or something, it might be a little bit like, oh, we don't talk about that stuff yet. But, like, if I'm going to talk about fucking vibrators and, like, period blood and, like, all that shit all over the internet and my eating disorder, like, those are things that, like, a lot of human beings are not comfortable talking about. But, like, everybody shits. Like, just talk about it. Whatever. I think that's my cup of tea. That's my thing with a partner. Like, I'm obviously going to talk about it. I hope they talk about it with me. Honestly, I'm not going to be the one to break the ice. Like, I would prefer if somebody else was, like, breaking the ice in that regard just because I'm like, okay, like, this is a private thing, but whatever. I'm not going to, like, go to the bathroom in front of someone. I think that's really weird. I mean, if that... No, like we're not doing that. Don't do that. I mean, I pee in front of him all the time because I don't care, but I don't know. Maybe that's a, I pee in front of everybody. I pee in front of my friends. I'd pee with the door open at my freaking house at home. Like I don't care about peeing. Anything else, shut and lock the door. 
bring that little poopery spray. You know what? That's good. Just keeps the bathroom smelling good. But if you're seriously like, I fucking can't do this. I'm so not into it. Just go in the hotel lobby or go out to a restaurant. It's easy. So that's that. But now you get the funny story to close things out because obviously I didn't always have this mindset. So I went and visited Texas for the first time in May of last year. So we had been dating February, March, April, May, like four months, maybe three months by that point. Um, And we go to Texas and I had met his family once and I'm super excited and whatever. I don't have the best digestion digestion situation because of my history with eating problems. So we get there, whatever. We're living it up. We're eating so much good food. His mom was like cooking for us. We're going out to dinners, everything. So the first like four days we're in Houston and like their ranch, they have a family ranch that's like basically an hour and 10 minutes between Houston and Austin. So like it's dead in the center, which is great because it's like a stop off of the drive. Um, So we go to Austin for like the last two days. We have two nights in Austin. We're like seeing his brother and whatever. And so we're getting ready to go out on like the night that we're there. And I'm like, I have to say something about this because like I can't go. I can't go eat dinner right now. Like I feel sick. So I was like, yeah, like I was trying to like find a nice way to word it. I was like, yeah, like my stomach just like I'm not feeling great. Like I can't explain it, but I feel like super bloated and like my stomach just like is not feeling good. And he was like, are you saying that like you're constipated? And I was like, my stomach just like doesn't feel good. He was like, have you used the bathroom at all since we got here? And I was like, no. I kind of like led him to the water. And then he was like, oh my God, that's awful. Like, are you okay? And I was like, definitely not. Like I feel sick. So I was like, could you go like to Target or CVS and just get like um, oral laxatives and like a black iced coffee from Starbucks with no sweetener? It's my favorite. I was like, can you go get that? Like that should help me. I should be able to eat dinner and like be fine. I just like don't. I really feel sick right now. So he goes and I was like, oh, get something fast acting. So he goes, sweetheart, bless his soul. And he comes back. And what he bought was not an oral laxative, but a fucking anal suppository. And the reason he bought it is because anal suppositories are fast acting and laxatives usually take two hours to work. I just was like hoping for one that like a laxative that took two hours to work, a fast acting laxative, not a laxative that took 24 hours to work. You know what I mean? So but now we have to leave for dinner like 20 minutes and he's like, I just spent $15 on this. And I'm like, "Okay, like, what do you want me to do about it? And he's like, just do it. Like, I'll literally put it up there for you. Don't care. If you don't know what this is, please Google it. Take yourself down a fucking visual journey. Basically, you just put up your butt. It's all you do. It's it's also awful. It's awful. Okay? Can't believe I'm telling the story. So he's like, just do it. And I'm like, so embarrassed now. Because like, it got worse. Like, if I was already embarrassed, like, it got fucking worse. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, whatever. So awkward. We're in a hotel. We have a hotel bathroom. Whatever. But I did it. So that's the moral of the story. I did it. And he was like, I'll do it with you. Just like his moral support. And I was like, no. Like, let's forget about this ever happening. Does it work? Kind of. Like, yeah, it works. They work. But I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I wouldn't do it again. But anyway, I think that that really squashed my fear because that was fucking traumatic. Um, and now I always recommend bringing a homeopathic cleanse-like pill that just helps your digestion. I have one if you want a recommendation or magnesium on a trip just to take and then you'll be regularly in- enjoying yourself and it won't be a fucking issue like it was for me because that was a learning experience. Okay, but we will end things off with the recommendation that I have for the week. So I realize I haven't wrecked you guys anything in a while. Um, number one, I'm reading the feminist min- uh, the feminine mystique jesus christ and i know that there's a lot of critiques about it being like heteronormative and like very like cisgender focused and all that 
and maybe has race issues and class issues. And that's all true. But you have to remember when she was writing. And I think I'm not reading it because I agree with everything that she's putting in writing. Like, I'm not sitting here like, oh, yeah, snaps. This is the best thing ever written. This is modern feminism because it's not. But I am trying to go down the line of feminism and read what feminists were writing in each wave to see the steps that we took to get to where we are. Because today we know that feminism is not feminism if, if it's not intersectional intersectional. We know that there are women in the world that, number one, can't have children, don't have uteruses. Like, we know that there are people in the world that have uteruses that aren't women. Like, we know that there are a lot of nuances now. There wasn't there, those nuances existed when she was writing about it, but it wasn't widely spoken about. So I'm reading that. I think it's interesting. I really like going, like, especially because I read a lot about modern feminism and intersectional feminism and like 21st century feminism, that it's helpful for me to go back and see how did we get here? Like, what was the building blocks? It's kind of similar to how like Shakespeare's plays created modern musical theater. You know what I mean? Okay, so I'm reading that. And then I watched on the plane Ready Player One, the movie. Never saw it before. It's a fucking great movie. I loved it. Highly recommend. Um, those are my two wrecks. I'm not really watching any TV. I'm patiently waiting for you, season four. I don't know if you guys saw that TikTok of the girl being like they're filming it on campus today. I don't even know where she went to college. I was like, fuck, I need, to, I need it to come out now. So I'm patiently waiting for that. I'm patiently waiting for the next season of Dave. And I'm not really watching anything else. I am about to start season four of Mrs. Maisel. And I just wanted to say she's kind of annoying me right now, Mrs. Maisel, because if you watch it, and sorry if you didn't, but if you've watched it, and stop if you haven't watched it, you don't want spoilers, but like, the end of season three, like, what she does, like, and and her reaction is kind of like, cr- like, classic white woman victim playing to me. Like, I, I understand why she was thrown off the tour, and then when, like, her whole new set, I just started season four, it's like, revenge, and all this stuff, I'm like, do you not realize what you did wrong, though? Like, can you, like, look inward and realize that, like, you're not everything? And, like, she's like, men. Like, men are always fucking up my life. I'm like, okay, true. Your husband is a man. He fucked up your life. Like, men have fucked up your life. But I'm just saying this man, like, shy Baldwin, he didn't fuck up your life. You, in fact, did something that wasn't cool. So she's kind of frustrating me right now. I don't know how you guys feel about that. If anyone wants to open up a dialogue about the way Midge Maisel is frustrating me at the beginning of season four, let me know. But I'm pretty sure, like, I just know Amy Sherman Palladino, like, I know she's going to, I don't know her, but I feel like she's going to write in an apology slash resolution from Midge. I think Midge is going to come out a better human based on this. But anyways, that's all I have for you guys this week. I'm very excited to be starting out on Red Circle and I love you so much. Sending you a big hug and big love your way. As always, if you need anything, you can reach out to me. And if not, I will see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.